First of all, I, I got my Tascam recorder, my mic for yeah. my uh, iPhone. Good. It is incredible. I knew that would be the right way to go. <laughs> it is. No, it's it's great, man. You know what I did when I first got it? It was a really windy day. I put it on the iPhone and I I put a sock over it and bound it with a rubber band. And I went out and shot some video and then I took it off and it was, uh, you know, a vast difference. So that was fun. And then I went in the garage where I have a, an enormous like, stereo set up. <laughs> I have my own party in the garage. And because uh, I wanted to test, alone. you know, yeah, it's my alone party. It's my alone time. You saw the Muppet movie, just a party of one. And um, yeah, I just wanted to test the audio, like how would this do in a concert setting? Because that's critical. Right, right. Anyway, it's fantastic. And, and it works well? I feel like, yeah, I just feel like my little Swiss Army knife of a phone became a, uh, a more of a Swiss Army knife. That's fantastic. That. My, my phone became a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, it was already a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> it already was, and there you go. That's great. Um, so there's that, and then uh, we have a guest today. That was a that was. I love how your intro to our guest was about your Tascam recording. No, it's all about me. It's just a, it's all about passive aggressive me. I guess that was, so. that was a perfect segue. <laughs> And, and it's also all about smooth segues, smooth professional broadcast journalism. Great setup. <laughs> uh, so uh, we do have a guest that we want to talk to today, Mr. Peter Wright. I'm excited uh, about that. We have Mr. Devon Stanfield. Devon Dwayne Stanfield. Hi, Devon. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for hanging out with us on Skype, man. Yeah, we, we, uh, Dane. All of Dane is. This is how. This is what Dane says to me about about the show this morning. He said, "Okay, we got to get Devon on because he's doing. It's really cool." I said, <laughs> oh, "Okay," and that's it. That's the end of it. So I I am really really excited to hear what because <laughs> the setup has been big. I well, just want you so to know here's that. what I would like to say. Yeah, we we have Devon on because we would love for Devon to to give us a little intro into his experience at Singularity University. And I would I would start by saying, Devon, pretend we know nothing about Singularity University. That's the that's Oral Roberts thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Falwell's place. That's a Falwell thing, right? I'm sure that's a Falwell property. <laughs> well, Singularity University. So, um, a lot of people might have heard about Singularity University through a couple of ways through Peter Peter Diamandis, who is the chairman of the X Prize Foundation. You guys heard of that? Big fan of that. Yes. Uh, that's that's the guy that's that's going around incentivizing, um, uh, challenging like contests. Uh, to be the first so and so, like first private private debate, uh, private um, um, space uh, travel, I guess. They created an X prize of ten million dollars for the first first private um, operation to go to space and back. And that's what led to uh, I think it's Virgin Galactic that that now has a space program, and you can for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you can hitch a ride. And just as a tourist, there and back again, only six minutes in space. Which is, yeah. you know, 
if you got the money. <laughs> if you got the money. Well, this is so. This is the same. This is is this the same as what as SpaceX, the company that just did the Dragon uh, commercial space visit to the International Space Station, that just happened like last week. Is this the same gig? Um, I you know I I, I don't know all the different. Like, mm. I think it's re- all related. I think it might might be a result of this original challenge. Okay. It's totally it's different of- from uh, North Korea's experiences in space. I think. Yeah, it's it's the I don't I don't know that they submitted for the contest because <laughs> uh, they already lost. Yeah, that would be yeah, but why not? But it's pretty cool. Um, the you know I guess there was some, he's sort of studied other other challenges in the past, like uh, the Lindenberg challenge. Um, is that where they? Um, they had a prize for the first person that can like you know had have like a hydrogen um, floating what like a Led Zeppelin is that where that came from the Hindenburg yeah right. Hindenburg the, Hindenburg yeah that's was, right Hinden- yeah the Hindenburg was the uh, that was the the you know it was and Lindbergh was the baby yeah that was who was not lost on the Hindenburg <laughs> <laughs> well uh, yeah that that sounds right to me yeah. Uh, about nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but but That's, back to Singularity University. So back to Singularity University. Peter Diamandis, who started the X Prize Foundation, is one of the co-founders. Um, and then, so some people might have heard about it that way. Then the other guy is Ray Kurzweil, who um, is sort of considered our modern day Edison, a, a very well known inventor. He started inventing, you know, early on, like maybe five years old. And he, Ray Kurzweil is the subject of, a, of the movie Transcendent Man, which is, um, which is about him and his relationship to his father. He, he kind of wants to bring his father back to life, and then he really wants to extend his life because he, uh, he's, he's taking all kinds of pills right now so that he can just be alive by, in another 20 years. When in 20 years, through nanotechnology and all kinds of other technologies, we'll be able to extend human life almost indefinitely. So singularity is that point, um, and he predicts that it'll be in about in 2029, um, where technology catches up to the sophistication of the human body and brain and surpasses it and merges with human beings. So if I cut fat out of my diet, continue to hit the gym, and uh, maybe go low on the sugar, I might be around for the same moment in time. Yes. yes. Yeah, you've awesome. got a better chance than Ray does. I think Ray's, Ray might, might already be in his 60s. So well, yeah, he was born. He was born in '48. Uh, it, it's have you have you read uh, the, uh, the Age of Intelligent Machines or Singularities? I, I haven't read any of his books. There, he's a he's he's an amazing dude. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I actually, I'm I that makes me more surprised. I haven't heard of this the Singularity Universe because the, he's a the movie is going around. It's like the Singularity. Uh, his uh, Transcendent Man movie is is all over the place right now. Yeah, uh, and and I think you can actually stream it on Netflix right now to see exactly what he's talking about. And that that stuff blows me away because especially because when you see him on like on on something, I think it was on John Stewart fairly recently where where. You you hear him talk about uh, you know uh, when people challenge him on adding these sorts of technologies, these assistive technologies to the human body, and what it means to put a computer in your body that's going to manage these systems for you. And he says you're already doing it. I mean, we've been doing it 
for years with hearing aids and now we're going to be doing it with eyes and yeah, pacemakers. Pacemakers, yeah. It's this is and and in ter- and even in terms of um, you know the just like the bi- the bio assistances we've had uh, inoculation is basically is, is a very primitive version of we're becoming cyborgs. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's already been happening. That's the funny part about it is is most of us think linearly because that's. That's that's what served us a thousand ten thousand years ago when we came from scarcity and survival. Um, but we're on the we're on the verge of a coming age of abundance, and our brains don't need to think the same way that they used to, which is all fight or flight. We don't need to think that way anymore. Um, and so, he, Singularity University was founded to try to educate people and CEOs and business leaders and world leaders to start thinking exponentially and not linearly um, so that you can sort of see the world where it's going. It, it, um, the world, everything has been, pro- has been progressing at an exponential pace and wars and famines and things like that. Don't slow that down. It's not, that's unaffected by anything like that. Um, well, you know, here's what I got to say that's, I, I, you know, you, you, that whole concept to me is very interesting about our adaptive uh, or the adaptability of the modern brain, I guess, because, you know, we really have the same brain that it's not a modern brain. I mean, it's, I don't know how evolved our brain is versus 200 years ago, but we certainly live in a in a very different society on so many levels, on levels that we can't, you know, that, that I think we're not even you know, aware of, but, um, I've heard some interesting things recently. Like, uh, for instance, uh, there was a discussion the other day about, um, maps and our reliance on GPS systems and maps, uh, you know, Google maps. And, and of course, and it, and it comes to the forefront because, uh, Apple yesterday, I guess, just announced that, uh, they're ditching Google maps to some degree. And, and, uh, you know, so there's kind of a map wars going on, but, uh, but everyone's opinion is so anecdotal about it's sort of like, well, we don't have to memorize phone numbers anymore. Therefore we're dumber. Um, and you know, we have maps to rely on. Therefore we may be, you know, spatially, our spatial reasoning, you know, may be, uh, retarded in some way, but, but more of the, uh, I guess the more professional opinion is actually, uh, evidence is showing that we are, we're growing in our spatial logic and our, and our ability to understand spatial environments. And, and the fact that we use maps is actually enhancing, uh, our, uh, our brain activity. And I, I don't know, I think it's very interesting when you talk about all of the things that are, that we're not even aware of that are currently, you know, sort of, uh, modern assistance to our physical and our mental experience. You know, are we, are we adapting? Is it, speeding up our evolution our you know does it change our brain waves our brain patterns i think that's a fascinating concept yeah yeah it's we're our brain patterns are changing um it's it's interesting because there's um there's a lot of talk about science and um, spirituality kind of coming coming together merging again um i think it's it's generally accepted in the science world that People who, um, you know, people who have an extended community praying for them while they're sick in the hospital have a better chance of surviving than than a somebody an individual who doesn't. 
Um, so, and there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, ex acceptance in society now that we, we have forms of VSP and, and telepathy and things like that. Um, so this, I mean, the, I don't, this... I don't have that yet. What do I need to do to get that? You know, you just, need to, you just need to develop it. I, I would like to go to there, but they have tests. They have <laughs> tests now that, you know, that are basically proving that thoughts, you know, thoughts can certainly, um, influence things like so is this so is this intersection of this sort of transcendental thinking and technology the the foundation for singularity university yeah see, well see yeah singularity university is is not not just about educating people and leaders about it but inspiring whoever has a brilliant idea they want to they want you to come to their university for a 10-week course and help develop that idea. If your idea is one that you think can affect a billion people, then they want to assist you with it, with all their resources, and and sort of create a brain trust of all all different kinds of resources. So that's that's the low bar, I guess, is the billion people. Billion people. That's the, so that's what they mean by the ten to the ninth plus. Like yeah. that's what their projects are. Yes, exactly. Ten to the ninth plus. Okay. All right. People. So, oh, okay. So so that's the, the you go to this thing for the ten for 10 weeks and and you have to be accepted like your idea has to be accepted as something you want to workshop is that how it works yes exactly okay. all yeah, right you have to submit submit and they get about 3200 applications per year and there's about 90 90 90 uh students selected to stay there for their 10-week course okay now wait a second so you what i what i understand now is that you you just got back from this yeah, but I just went. I just did like an ex, uh, an abbreviated executive uh, visit. Okay, <laughs> because what I was about to say is that means that I should be impacted by something you just did because I'm a member of a billion people. Like, where's yeah. what? What is your project? I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm a little nervous billion, now. I'm within your billion target. I I'm, think I'm more nervous now because I. Well, I, you know, I've got plans for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. That okay. Yeah. So this is so their their primary program is their like graduate studies program. You did the executive program. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about that. Well, th basically, that's where they get all of their all of their their faculty. They give you like uh, actually, I did a, only a two day version of it. Um, so they they have like these people from all you know different industries give uh like they usually spend a day. We had like maybe an hour long um, lecture by these guys, or a two hour long lecture. So they they basically took a water hose, a fire hose, and just sprayed us for two days straight. Um, but it still it was amazing the the content that we still were able to to grasp from it. We came out of there thinking exponentially in two days. They rewired our brains completely. Everything that I'm thinking, everything that I ever thought about the future, it's wrong. And I'm like, it's been wiped clean, and I'm starting over. And I'm on everything that I'm doing right now today is being affected by what happened to me that weekend. Oh, okay. So uh, what? I, I feel like I need to know what I what's what changed. Give me some. Give me some. I I feel unevolved. Well, well, that's true for you, just in general. This is. Let's go the, back to the good. Me. The good news is that your brain is is such that that it, you know you can rewire that sucker. No problem. Okay. 
Well, I'm so how is it, I'm how have it. you been rewired? What did you give me some give me some things about what what are some of, like when you say you wake up and you, like today everything you you did, are thinking is different? I'm I genuinely I'm I'm interested. What is it? Well, how, okay, how has so it affected your day to figure out what is my role in all this and yeah. how, how does it how does it even affect me? As you know, what what is my so you're, so you're thinking socially in, in in a way that you weren't before. Well, what I'm thinking about is is all right what are the what are the odds of all this stuff lining up for me and and in my age and and what's going on there like what is the bigger picture and because certainly whenever there's new technologies coming online um billion dollar industries are going to be wiped out overnight new billion dollar industries are going to show up there's going to be massive disruption and so how can i help the world prepare for the disruption that's coming and and go through a paradigm shift in order to grasp these concepts so that they can adapt and kind of be you know be the survivors of the new era you know that's a i i think we uh, i really like that I, because it's it, it, i don't necessarily think I'm trying to put this back into my own sort of perspective, having never done this, but I don't necessarily think that uh that uh, we need to fear the coming robot apocalypse but uh what we we do tend to operate out of a great deal of fear just day to day and when you say you know there are, are you know billion dollar industries come and uh, grow and then are and then fall um the reality is most of us are terrified not of these major sweeping uh, you know giants of industry but of what impacts us on a very sort of micro scale on a very day to day level and on the things that impact us directly and impact our you know our social experience and our cultural experience and our cognitive experience yes and and so you know how does that how does that change your day to day as a business owner like how are you are you changing the way you do business as a result of of your relationship with this the, you know with this new way of thinking well what i'm you know what i'm doing is i'm trying to think of because i you know i'm an artist mm -hmm. um so um, what I'm thinking of is, well, how can what I do as an artist, you know, maybe do a little shifting in my audience, um, as, as we kind of prepare and think, you know, exponentially what that's kind of what I'm doing is how can I kind of shift people's perspective? And I'm thinking about even, um, collaborating with other artists and other mediums, um, as well and create experiences where people can kind of like see this story where we're headed. Like where the past, where we came from in the past, and this curve that we're on going towards the future, because you know, and and create you know create a positive outlook for it, because it's it is a it is a, an age of abundance. That's the good news, is we're actually going to solve the world's problems in a in a huge way. We're going to create, um, we're going to have enough energy to 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 provide for the entire population and then some. We're going to have enough clean water for the entire world. It's only going to be. Um, a few billion dollars to supply Africa with all the water that they need. Do they deal at all with the with you know the the sort of dark side of the tech of of the technology uh, sort of revolution? You know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, they had speakers from every every uh, category. So we had somebody that was uh, representing the FBI um, because obviously there's you know the ex the the ability to one person to affect a billion on the good side is also on the bad side. There are bad guys that can now affect people at a larger scale than they ever could before. Well, and I'm, I'm thinking of, of, the, uh, of the implications. I'm, you're thinking of, of Roger Ailes. Is that what you were about to say? I, was, I wasn't, but I really would okay. like to see what you <laughs> want to talk about. Okay. I'm think, honestly, I'm thinking about things like corn. 
I'm thinking about things, you know, the, the broader situation that is going on in the food that we eat and, and the, the technology that has allowed great, um, you, you know, great abundance in, in the, the food that we prepare that, as it turns out, as we're learning, isn't food anymore. And it's a result of, of a technological and an economic innovation that happened 30 years ago. And today uh, we are seeing it, it that we're making a lot of people sick. And and so, you know, I'm interested in in how, you know, how an organization like Singularity University and the message actually, you know, approaches um, the betterment of all, you know, humankind at what cost? Yeah, the, well, I mean, they, they did talk about um, biology and, and food and all that. And, you know, we're we're just getting better at it. We're finding out what's what's. Um, you know the damage, but we're we're gonna the the we're we're closing the gap between something new that we're experimenting with and the results of it. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're, we just we just cracked the first genome. It took billions of dollars to do that, and uh, we can now read uh, our genome sequence. Um, you can actually get yours read today for about two thousand dollars. And what that will do is tell you, you know, what how, what your body might be lacking, or what it, um, you know, what it has an overabundance of, or what what might be a problem if you want to if you want to add add certain supplements to, to your system. Um, so we're we're being able we're going to be able to figure out what what good food is for us, and we're actually going to be able to print it with a three D printer. We can like actually like print our own food. Well, see, now that just screams to me the potential for <laughs> Freddie danger. Freddie Bradbury, did you mention his passing? That's craziness. I, I, that's that's uh, see that that brings uh, I think to myself as uh, of myself as a pretty progressive guy. That scares me. I would rather put a computer in my brain tissue than print my own food. How's that? Well, for yeah, cognitive make, dissonance. They're making s synthetic muscle right now, so we could actually eat muscle without having to kill anything. I would I would rather have synthetic muscle installed in my system than eat a Twinkie. <laughs> right like that's cognitive dissonance right there we just defined it I like you know, I, I i gotta say i think that the, the key concept here that um that you guys both kind of talked about but this concept of fear uh i mean and and pete you're getting into sort of the you know the the hard truths of uh you know, uh, this sort of, I guess, you know, if, if we're going to say like, wow, this rapid progression of society, we are just, you know, uh, the amount of progress between point A and point B, you know, five years ahead, 10 years ahead, 20 years ahead, it's such a massive and let's, you know, exponentially, I guess, greater uh, advancement uh, and speed of advancement than than ever before in the history of the planet. So it's you know, that's all very fascinating, but it does boil down to fear. So I'll throw this out. I was explaining to someone the other day that, um, you know, my, my son, I have a nine-year-old son, <clears throat> and I, I took him uh, snowboarding this year, and he had lessons. And I had taken him skiing before. I took him skiing as early as age two, which, you know, did nothing for him. I just sort of held him and, and you know, it was whatever. He didn't learn to ski. But this year, he made real progress. And and when I boil down what that means, I mean, we can talk about skill or we can talk about, you know, the ability to get down the mountain. But the truth is the progress was the elimination of fear. 
and the fact that his confidence um, in his ability uh, sort of, you know, one-upped, I guess, the, the fear that exists. And I was mentioning to somebody, like, that's a beautiful thing, and it's great, and next ski season is going to be wonderful. But it's the problem with taking, say, a 25-year-old who's never skied before up on the mountain and trying to teach them to ski. It's not that they can't ski. It's that the entire experience for them is one of fear, period. It's all fear-based. Like you take an adult skiing and they, they cannot get past fear easily. And it prevents them from either enjoying it or learning or really accepting the fact that they aren't in complete control when you're skiing. You know, it's a funny sport that way. And that's why I think for adults, it's, it, it is so, you know, sort of, sort of overwhelmed by fear is that you can't, you know, you can't dictate everything that happens. You have to sort of go with the mountain and you know what I mean? Like you, you, it may be 30 feet from this point that you might be able to stop, but it's not this point. And that scares people just, you know, that's just, they, it's not until they overcome fear that they're going to enjoy a sport like that. And it's fun with children, you know, because they overcome that so quickly and it changes everything. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's part of, you know, that's part of the, the shifting that's gotta be, that's gotta occur for us to accept this disruption is not to fear it. Um, And 80% of, you know, of, of all, doing anything is psychology 20 percent of it's the the skills and, and the mechanics so if you if we can like get past you know get get around the psychology of stepping forward then that's gonna that's gonna be enormous and that's kind of a problem right now because most of media they they're all of their their content is fear-based and that's kind of where they get their you know that's what they say if it if it if it bleeds, it leads. I mean, so they're putting out a lot of negative stories when it's really only 10% of what's going on. Yeah, that, that keeps me up at night, actually. It, it does. Because it, yes, this whole notion that people want to be fed the fear that is holding them back. Yeah. That, the, you I, know, that, that, that bothers that's, me. That's the other, that's going to be the other thing. Somebody, you know, somebody's brain is going to break out and go, you know what, we're going to create new platforms for people to get their media and their information. And it's and we're not and it's not going to be fear based. I mean, these are other necessary changes that are going to be happening. This exponential growth isn't just in technology. It's in all different areas. Their 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 goal is to also completely disrupt um, education. We need a new education system. The old the old Mm -hmm. system isn't working. Isn't isn't there like a strange comfort for people in fear? Yeah, you know, it's a very interesting thing that you bring that up, particularly in this conversation around media, because, you know, for I, as you know, my background is in media and, and, you know, for years, the the real fear was the, the filter society, right, where technology, the, the sort of media singularity is that we would have the number of communication channels that was increasing exponentially would meet up with our the technology or, or the, the filtering technology uh, available to us. And at some point, we would, we would reach that singularity when every individual be, would be able to totally control the signals. And that would 
completely destroy the media industry because then people would only go for, you know, the news they want and they would filter out advertising and they would filter out all this stuff, right? They would filter out all the all the crap. And we hit that point. We hit that point with with, you know, filtering. And it turns out all people want is Perez Hilton. And and, mm-hmm. you know, as it turns out, we're not that smart. And and what we feed ourselves is not the most healthy uh, information, just as it is, it is generally not the most healthy food. Like we our instinct is is wired for the sweet stuff, whether that's and, and the salty stuff, whether that's our, our media uh, or what we actually ingest. And, and that's a that's a real danger. And I think that that's a um, it, it is the largest determinant of cultivating the culture of fear that we have because what we naturally feed ourselves is the stuff that is not that great for us. Yeah, there, there you go. I'm, I'm that, done. That's a good point. I mean, and you know that, that what's going to happen though, is the, the disruption that's coming is going to kind of force people to, um, to change. I mean, we're, we're going to, as a collective conscious, I mean, we're, we're, we're like so far down below that inflection point of, of this exponential turn that it's almost like it's almost like uh we've been kind of incubating as a collective consciousness and do you have you guys sense that there's some some kind of a shift going on some in the world some some kind of dimensional shift that we're we're experiencing right now or do you think that we're just the same dumbed down like civilization right now well um, I, I got to say it's a mix of both. Yeah, I mean, I think it's about it's it's a certain degree context. Like I, I could tell you, I feel like there is a there is a shift, but I live in Portland, and, and it's, we're all sort of weird. Well, in Boise, I got to tell you, this is the most enlightened <clears throat> society <clears throat> in Idaho in, in general. It's um, nothing but pure enlightenment uh, here. Um, oh, that's great. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, 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 I think it's honestly, Devon, uh, yes. I mean, I think there's no question. I think this has been true on to some degree for most of our lives that it's and it and it's the thing that when you're talking to certain people, they, you know, you get this uh, and it drives me crazy, but you, you hear it all the time, um, especially in, say, a more conservative um, society or culture or whatever, but that, that that's, there's this moral decline, that there's this acceleration of moral depravity that uh that what we're experiencing is leading to the end or you know whatever that it's that uh, all of this um uh i don't know all, all of the advancements of the last 20 years basically boil down to <clears throat> you know sin on a larger scale i i, I you know look you can pretend people don't talk like that, but they people wake up every day and believe that. Lots of people do. And <clears throat> I guess, you know, so you, you kind of, we have all around us, not just the fact that advancements are happening on a grand scale and, and you know, that it's all very rapid, but you have people's response to it, which to me is sort of the dumb part of it. You know, like you said, I mean, do you guys think like this or this? And I think, well, yes, there is this huge shift. And I think it's, you know, if you sort of step back and say, holy crap, look at this iPhone and look at everything it does. And when I was 10 years old, I couldn't have dreamed of a computer the size of my house that could have done this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's in my pocket. It's insane. But the response to it is very much like, 
problematic, I guess. Well, I mean, that's, I think there's, I think there's definitely, you know, everywhere I, I look, there's different signs of, well, I mean, you know, the fact that we're in 2012, everybody's talking about the Mayan calendar. I mean, this year, especially there is more, more of awareness of like something going on. And, um, I, I, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm really happy to see some of this going on and there's, there's, there's a resistance to it as well. Um, like some people say there's a war on consciousness. Um, there's all these conspiracy theories and you know, how the, the elite, you know, they, they want to create, they create trouble and then they come up with the solutions for it. And then we all think they're great and we just want to be led and all that. But, um, I think that, I think that what's, what's going on right now is there's, it's, it's my, the metaphor I like to think of is, is birth. When when a when a mother gives birth to a child, like there's a certain resistance in the body to it, but that's important. That's necessary, you know, for a for a healthy birth of that child. So all that all the kind of little resistance that's going on right now, it's it's important, but because we're about to give birth to a new a new consciousness. Hmm. I'm just gonna that's let that big, one. Sit yeah, for I was a just gonna say, wow, <laughs> I just got hit in the face. I don't have an immediate response to that. You know, it's, what's what's interesting about that that discussion is we operate sort of culturally, um, at our most natural. I think our our sort of default state is is really at the fringe, and that's what allows us to create as a culture things like, um, you know, Fox News and msnbc right i mean we we operate sort of at the fringes it's it's very difficult or or maybe i should even say npr you know i mean it's very difficult to say um y- you know there there is no such thing as fair and balanced because we don't really in our heart of hearts want to exist in a place where there is fairness and balance we don't i we don't know how to do that uh, as a culture, and and we find discomfort and discord when we get the closer we get to fairness and balance, uh, a, a, as evidenced by our sort of cultural history. Um, but in in many respects, it seems like the mission of you know Singularity University is uh, to uh, to to sort of put that aside and say you know let's let's push not only the technology, let's push not only our our, you know, sort of um, grandiosity in, in, you know, the way we think about these projects. But, but uh, let's push our comfort zone uh, in dealing with this, this idea of um, uh, cultural ostracism. Let's, let's, really, let's really do our best to say we're going to impact, you know, a billion people and not all those billion people agree on anything. But we, but they will agree that we've impacted them, in some way, shape, or form, and that you know that's going to breed, um, you know, significant change. Whether or not you agree uh, with the way Google handles your search results, and the way Google handles the impact that you have made on your website through your audacious use of search engine optimization tools, you cannot disagree that Google has fundamentally changed global culture yeah which we should fear unless we trust google 
Exactly. And that gets back to my point about corn, man. <laughs> I love the fact that there's an iPhone in my pocket that can do things that formerly a computer the size of, you know, Trump Tower would have uh, had to do. But it's also giving me testicular cancer. <laughs> oh, that's what that is. You know, in the future, we don't need our testicles. So. Because of nano testicles. <laughs> so don't worry about that. There's, you know, it's fun. It's fun to stop to stop and think about all the. Ch Imagine though, okay, most people are just. Let me let me kind of throw out the analogy though, so that people get um, about this linear versus exponential. Just just to sum it up, if you were to take thirty linear steps, you you basically get across the room. If you take thirty exponential steps, it's twenty six times around the Earth. And that's the speed. That's the speed of how change is happening right now. We just don't. We don't really understand that. So if you if you look back 100 years, um, we we lived half as long as we do now. So now, if you were to go the next hundred years, is it going to be double? No, it's going to be quadruple. So yeah. think about think about the possibility of living for 400 years. What is that going to do to the institution of marriage and morals and family and all kinds of things like that? Like our, our sins of the future are going to be different than they are right now. We're probably committing all kinds of sins that the future, well, that we don't think are sins, but the future people, they consider them sins. Wow. And vice See, versa. That, that becomes a, uh, uh, did they deal with this the topic <laughs> of sin at Singularity? That seems, they that actually, seems they notoriously anti-Kurzweil. Well, uh, they actually mentioned it. I mean, think about the mon minority report. I mean, there's there's some truth to that stuff. I mean, the groups that you hang out with, um, you know, we're we're right, we're still like we're, we're our, our president. You know, we look at the we look at his pastor that he grew up with. We look at all kinds of things now that we didn't normally worry about twenty years ago. Hmm. Well, I, I, I well, that's what I get back to. Like you, we we, we you know, talking about sin brings. It brings up uh, the the sort of nature of religious debate and and how you know uh, how whether or not you believe that morality is necessarily a religious structure and uh, and what it means to do good versus to do bad exactly. and and I'm not sure I'm not and and so you know how how much of that sort of discussion goes into this sort of technological singularity? Well, currency is going to be changing, and you know it's. There, we're gonna have we're gonna have rules about what's value and what's not. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at uh, uh, the great. Um, it was a great book. It was the Woofy book. Did you read the Woofy book? Uh, it's not the Woofy book. It's Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom. Um, no. That was a great book where currency was essentially. Um, Did you read that one rep on reputation time speed? <laughs> is that is that is that one of your books on? Yeah, but I read it three. Up? But I read it three times, so it cool. actually counts as reading it once, um, really slowly. No, it was. Uh, it's a terrific book where currency is actually reputation, and and you are, um, you know, it's all about a reputation economy, and you, you know, the the better you are in the world, the higher your woofy score, and the more you, you know, the more access you have to the world around you. Right. Uh, I, I didn't hear that book being referenced, but but we talked about that. We talked about you know, cool points like you know, Facebook is is like literally going to be like a virtual nation state, and 
you know, you, the currency for Facebook was cool points. When you go around doing good stuff or whatever, you get cool points. I mean, the, yeah. you, you, you never know how, how things are going to. Likes fans, likes fans and friends become the new, uh, become the new currency, whether or not we like it. So, so Dale Carnegie, were he alive today, would would sort of do a, a redo of how to how to uh, gain was it gain friends and influence people? How to win when, friends and influence people? <clears throat> yeah, how to get likes and and uh, right. increase your friend count? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that was your, that's the core lesson of Singularity University. Unfortunately, <laughs> speaking of cultural decline, and Carnegie may have been all over that. I, we don't know, right? Your grade is, but it is. In I got to tell you, I, I you know, and Pete. Okay, so you're. I, it's been a little bit since I've taught a class. I know you're currently uh, teaching, and on occasion, uh, you have people who are younger than yourself that you are teaching in a classroom. Is it just uh, to me? It's fascinating to watch uh, the you know when I'm teaching a class and students have their laptop and their iPhone and they are they're researching what I'm talking about while I'm talking to them. That's that is a really interesting change from you know what might have been possible 20 years ago. Well, yeah, you know that's a that's a an interesting point. It gets back to something Devon said a, a, a while ago which is this nature of, you know, um, sort of how we let accessibility devices into our lives. And so, you know, we may have accepted that hearing aids and optical sort of corneal implants or or not corneal but LASIK for example is you know those are all okay. Uh but in terms of education, traditional educators have a real problem with having laptops and phones open. But how is the laptop and phone any different than as an accessibility device in education than a you know hearing aid is uh, to somebody who you know is has trouble hearing as as hearing loss? Um, my my experience in the classroom is, and and now I I teach almost exclusively online. I don't I don't do uh, really. I haven't done any classroom teaching in in a couple of years. And my experience is the responses uh, that I get to the questions that are posed online as a result of having this always on accessibility and the, and the the you know the ability to get deeper into research in sort of real time. Uh, ends up being much more sort of robust and the conversations end up being much more robust and, and interesting because students don't necessarily need to or find themselves having to remember, uh, you know, data. They can find the data and their job is to create or, or is to connect discrete sets of data to make new, more powerful connections, right? That's so, oh man, that is so fascinating. Because I, I remember a time, Pete, I know you know that, uh, you know, uh, well, let's, <laughs> there's been an evolution in online teaching. And I think early on, some institutions were able to sort of grasp um, uh, uh, a very interactive, uh, asynchronous, um, almost sort of conversational teaching uh, uh, modality that people thought were that many people thought was superior to the um you know at least to a uh, a pedagogical you know classroom experience but a lot of uh, traditional institutions were basically putting lectures online and calling it an online education and i've seen some really interesting like the khan academy for instance like really fascinating uh changes in online education and interactive uh, or or interactability i guess 
Um, because that whole point you make, uh, Pete, about your teaching and people have access to information that brings something that elevates, uh, you know, you're, you're not so much teaching as facilitating and the dialogue is at such a high level because of the information people bring to it. And if you put that in, you know, a more traditional standard, I guess, you know, a classroom of say 20 people, uh, you are, you walk in as an instructor hoping that somebody read the material beforehand because the conversation is very different when they bring their ideas and their interpretations into the classroom and everyone's teaching each other rather than you trying to teach them what they should have read. Yeah. You know, th this gets to the idea of of changing the paradigm. And, and I, it's something I've been thinking about since I discovered this amazing thing. If you go to mars-1.com, mars1.com, have you heard about this project? No. I think this is inspired by SpaceX as well, to get back to what we were talking about when we started. Think about this. When we first sent people to the moon, one of the core tenets of that, one of the requirements was that we get people into the space program and we send them to the moon and bring them home, right? Sending them there and bringing them home were equally important in this project, right? So that's that's the framework. And so now we're trying to send people to Mars. And NASA has long struggled to send people to Mars because they got to put them in the space program, get them all dressed up for the ball, send them to Mars, and bring them home. But now we have this commercial, this, this growing commercial space uh, uh, industry, right, where we are figuring out how to send people or how to send devices further and further into space. And so Mars One, you can just imagine these guys sitting around a table saying, you know what, we got to get to Mars. And what if we changed one of the requirements? And everybody says, well, like what? What are the requirements you would like to change, Dr. Joe Engineer? And Joe <laughs> says, what if we don't bring them home? Right? knowledge bomb right all of a sudden the entire project changes when we find people who are willing to not go to mars but move to mars right we are no longer this is this is a shift uh, this is the westward expansion we're not looking anymore for uh for astronomer or for for uh, you know astronauts to go to mars work there and come home we're looking for colonists and that changes the nature of discovery when when well, we're able to change the, the tilt the discussion. And I think that's that's one of the things that really celebrates everything that Devon has sort of brought to the conversation this morning, which is about, you know, the nature of this the singularity uh, university and what the mission is. I mean, when we change the the discussion, it changes everything. And, I, and this may or may not be a relevant um, uh, point, Um I don't know, to help further that uh, idea, but, you know, I'm stuck with Steve Jobs' proclamation that one of the greatest change agents in life is the realization of death. And I, and as you were talking about, you know, colonization of Mars, I'm thinking about The Walking Dead. And, and I'm, by the way, now reading the graphic novels. I'm on volume 10. And um, so good. Oh my so gosh. fantastic. But uh, one of the things you watch in, in, in this interaction that's going on with these people is that part of their paradigm shift is, hey, you know what, we, we're probably not going to live very long, you know, and it just sort of changes 
you know, we talk about fear. Well, your fear increases, in my opinion, if your desire to live is, you know, 120 years, you want to be very, very careful. But if you feel like, you know, you live in sort of a walking dead environment where life is just sort of fleeting and, and it and it comes and goes and you may not be around forever, a whole different reality um comes to the forefront and that's maybe sort of a negative place to go with it because I'm bringing in the walking dead but I do th- <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that you know Steve Jobs saying like I, I mean I think all of us are gonna have to chew on that for a long time like how did he really view that because he really was trying to change the world through technology but you know and and he felt like everything changed when he knew he wouldn't live forever yeah well, and that's that gets back to so we were talking about fear, and we're talking about the you know the the risk that comes from technology technological innovation, and having an understanding. I think where you're you know spinning off of where you're talking about having an understanding of how much risk you are able you are able and willing to undertake, uh, you know, for the good of your project, for the good of your initiative, for the good of affecting a billion people. Uh, you know, really, uh, is is a core kind of definer of your success. Am I, Pete? Am I on the right website? Right, Mars with an S dash one dot com. This is just paintings. How did this relate to your? I don't know. I'm parts? at I'm at Mars dash one dot com slash en. Huh. And there's a little video. They're gonna send the thing to the. No, try, uh, I don't know, is it, uh, do you have a www? This one does not. That shouldn't relate. Are you sure you're at Mars-O-N-E? Is the, what's that little thing called, the little graphic in the URL window, is yours a lightning bolt? No. No, you, O-N-E, not number one, O-N-E. Ah, all right. Well, i got to tell you, Mars-1, the number, is interesting as well. It's like H.R. Geiger. (laughs) You Devon, you should check that one out. Really? Interesting art. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Mars One. Wow. Somebody somebody was on the uh, URL grabbing on that one. Yeah. Smart. Smart move. This so, is beautiful. Anyway. Human human settlement of Mars in 2023. I don't want to go. I do. I want to take the family. Well, <laughs> that, that's uh, something else we talked about is, you know, the, the we're at 7 billion people right now on, on the Earth. Imagine seven billion people growing at an exponential rate. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we either have to like put a, you know, put a like a, a number on how many kids you can have, or we we have to expand off the planet. Yeah, and you know, I mean, there are countries that do that, and. And, uh, you know, obviously China is one that is that has a noted um, or or at least had a noted uh, uh, requirement for for copulation. Well, uh, yeah. Ima- imagine if if we if I'm living for 400 years on the planet. Yeah, that becomes a real challenge. And, you know, and I want to have eight kids and I want all my kids. I mean, I'll be living. I'd be still alive while my great, great, great grandkids are alive. So. You know, maybe it's time we we start sending guys with with a one way ticket to Mars. Well, or <laughs> you know, there there's this other piece though, which is you know part of of Kurzweil's uh, you know singularity is that we we may not exist 
and and this gets on on yet another uh, you know another significant question. We may not exist as biological creatures one day, uh, and what happens when we exist as it, it, when our identity is as much data uh, as it is skin and bones? Uh, they talk any about that? Well, this idea of backing up your your identity to a computer. We did, you know, we kind of talked. We kind of talked a little bit about it, and it's it was fun because I got to ask questions. Um, I was, you know, we were talking. We were talking in the biology portion. We were talking about synthetic bodies and cloning yeah. and things like that. And you know, and I was, I was like, well, you guys didn't talk about avatars. You know, can I, can we transfer my consciousness to another synthetic body? And the guy was, I, first of all, it's just great to be in a place where you can ask a question like that with a straight face yeah. and, <laughs> and then have the, the person, you know, respond in a very intelligent way. So oh, very good question. Uh, we're not sure that consciousness, if consciousness is just awareness, you know, if it can be transferred, it might just be based on, you know, your own memories, you know, the, the, of, and experiences that are unique to that particular body. But then again, what is consciousness? I'm not even sure that I, I'm who I am when I woke up this morning. Like, uh, so I, 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 we don't really fully understand consciousness not that well yet. It might be this sort of vapor that goes in and out, you know, and experiences these bodies and memories for a time, and then it goes back out again every day. Um, or is one big, I don't know, one big global vapor that is running all, all these bio-machines. But anyways, you're right. It's we're probably in order to like live that long, like our bodies really weren't designed in that way. And we're going to be we're going to be altering them significantly. And, you know, who knows? Who knows what we're going to look like? Well, I, I vote for the, uh, the computer scenario. Man, what I would give to just be on the network. Remember the lawnmower man? That's what I want to be. <laughs> Reminds me, I just watched Tron, the original, the other day. Oh, I'd do that. Oh, <laughs> I love that movie. I'd do part two with that girl in white. That yeah, would, anyway. you'd, you'd be Tron part, you'd be Tron 2-0. That's your, you jump well, into that. I just, I'm saying the girls were hotter in, in, the, re <laughs> in, <Tron laughs> in the remake. <laughs> That's my only point. Uh well, this All is right. awesome. Uh, Devon, where can people find uh, find out more about you and your art and, and your work? Well, I mean... You've got, you got your website, own, right? Well, I have a website called stanfieldfineart.com. That's from my gallery. Mm -hmm. My art isn't on there right now because I'm trying not to compete with the other galleries that are carrying my, my work. Um, but um, I guess you could... See, I think there's... I'm doing a show in Vail next month at uh, the Masters Gallery. Um, I think you can see my work on their website. Darn, I don't know what their website is. I think it might be um, Masters Gallery. Anyways, Google Vail and Masters Gallery. Uh, MastersGalleryVail.com. Yeah. That's where it is. And season of shows and artists. There it is. Is that What is that? Is that a Michael? What is that in front? There, there you are. I'm looking at, I'm looking at you right now. Cool. Um, otherwise, you can see my stuff on, uh, you know, on my Facebook. Just join my is Facebook. This, is this your stuff, the Brett, like the Hep Audrey Hepburn stuff? And the, yeah, that, that's I, I love the Batman stuff. I work in the style of pop art, so I'm yeah, digging that. Uh, yeah, I can Very get cool. sucked into this. Oh, Maryland with roses? Are you kidding? 
Well, well done, sir. Well done. Your art speaks to me. Great. <laughs> this or is they... great. This is gonna be. This is looks like a, a good show. So, uh, mastersgalleryveil.com. We'll put a link to that. And, or, or Devon Stanfield on Facebook. Or Devon Stanfield on Facebook. Excellent. Uh, and um, Dane, what about you? Do you want to talk about where you are? Oh man, I'm trying to figure it out. I am. Yeah, that's the truth. I'm in a weird, weird place. What's your plot, what's your plot score today? Uh, I have no, I'm, <laughs> I'm negative, man. That's what I'm troubled by. I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm digging myself out of out of a hole, and it's morning. I hate cloud. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So yeah, strike ten media dot com. Strike ten media dot com. All right. Well, uh, people, thanks for listening to our. Uh, um, really philosophical show. I actually, I would like you both to know that for the duration of this conversation, I have actually been wearing rose-colored glasses. Sweet. Yeah. Wow. I'm wearing a visor. Yeah. I heard from, I, I went to coffee with a, a psychologist friend of mine who shows up at Starbucks wearing rose-colored, like John Lennon, kind of round glasses. And I said, what are you doing? He says, oh, man. No, seriously. The rose, it, the, the tint, it changes your brain. <laughs> so I don't know what the change is, but I... <laughs> I, uh, I'm doing it. I'm up for it, man. You got me doing a stand-up yeah. desk. You can get me in rose-colored glasses. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Is he got you on that stand-up desk? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love the stand-up <laughs> desk. That's great. Awesome. All right, gents. Good talk. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us, Devon. And, uh, you and bet. thanks for sharing your uh, Singularity University experience. You bet. It's fun. All right. All right. I'm out of here. Dane, thanks. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye.